0: jimmy's table hey everybody you're listening to the jimmy's table podcast Jimmy'sTable.com. i'm your host jimmy humphrey where i like to have conversations about faith life culture and sometimes food today is episode 59 no burgers without cheese please but first the obligatory jimmy buffett music So if I think if I was going to be dogmatic about anything in life, it's going to be my philosophy regarding cheeseburgers. It started young, folks. It started young when I was but a wee little lad, knee high to a grasshopper. (laughs) My dad would take me to Burger King with my brother. We would do it frequently after hockey games when we were uh, playing growing up. And my dad always had a very fixed rule when it came to getting a burger from Burger King. He wanted his burger with cheese, extra mustard, because mustard doesn't come on a, a Whopper, by the way. A Whopper with cheese, with extra mustard, extra pickle. And that was his burger order every single time. And it taught me the importance at a very young age of having a firm cheeseburger philosophy towards life, and, you know, as I got older, though, I, I, I got to the place where I decided I wanted to start making my own cheeseburgers, and I decided, you know, I kind of putzed around for a little bit, and I kind of ruined some burgers, uh, made some real hockey pucks and some real lackluster burgers that just didn't add up, and so it drove me crazy, because I was like, surely, if there's anything I can learn to cook in this world, especially as a single bachelor. It would be a cheeseburger. So I've spent many years developing this cheeseburger philosophy. It, you know, I started developing it when I was in my mid 20s, and now here I am, almost 38 years old. And uh, now I want to dispense my wisdom for making the perfect American cheeseburger. As if I even really need to say American, because I don't think you can say you know, the the great Canadian cheeseburger or the great Australian cheeseburger. No, no, no. There's only one type of cheeseburger in this world, folks, and that is an American cheeseburger. Um, so, yeah, we this is something we own, and I would really appreciate all the other cultures out there uh, in this world and all the other countries in this world to stop culturally appropriating the cheeseburger and trying to make it their own thing. No, 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 no. There is only an American cheeseburger, and you need to pay homage and respect to the way a cheeseburger should be made. In today's podcast, I'm going to share with you my tips to making the perfect cheeseburger. This has been many years in the making, um, but uh, I've developed quite the moral philosophy uh, as uh, on this topic, uh, and I've got to the point where I've perfected it, and it's there's just really nothing else to change at this point. I I have done it all. I've tried it all. And, uh, this is, uh, what I have to say on the topic. Um, so just remember when you're done with this, um, podcast, I have spoken. Now, when it comes to cheeseburgers, I'm going to set forward my rules. I'm going to teach you all my basic techniques, um, that you should be able to, without demonstration, be able to execute, uh, with very little practice, Um, Although it may require a little practice. This requires a little finesse, Uh, but not any sort of Gordon Ramsay uh, type levels of finesse um, when it comes to burgers. So let me teach you these things because I'm dogmatic about it. I'm something of a cheeseburger snob. I'm pretty much to the point in my life right now where I pretty much refuse to eat cheeseburgers out unless I must. Um, And if I do have to to go anywhere for a cheeseburger, there's uh, this local cheeseburger, place near me in Waxhaw, um, and I like to go there, um, but uh, Five Guys would probably be my go-to burger place if I'm going to go fast food style cheeseburger, um, but uh, it's still just, just not right. It's just not right, folks. These are the ways of the Lord when it comes to making cheeseburgers, and I want you to hear ye the words of the Lord. So... Here's the word of the Lord <laughs> regarding the making of a cheeseburger. First, whenever possible, you need to grind your own meat. Yes, it's, it's, it's essential. You have not had a cheeseburger. I don't care how good of a cheeseburger you've had at a restaurant that you really enjoyed. Um, at the end of the day, if you're not grinding your own meat when you make a cheeseburger, you're not even beginning to walk in the ways of the cheeseburger gods when it comes to to making cheeseburger. If you want to make the best possible cheeseburger, you need to grind your own meat. Um, so, you know, and, and that, that might sound a little intimidating. That might sound a little intimidating. It was a little intimidating to me the first time I did it. But, uh, you know, there's all sorts of simple YouTube videos out there that show you how to to grind your own meat. And, and I made one on the Jimmy and Megan's kitchen page. If you want to check that out. The link in the show notes. Uh, where I show the process for making a burger from beginning to end. Um, including the grinding of the meat. But all you need is a simple kitchen Aid attachment. If you have one of those kitchen Aid mixers at home. They sell an attachment. It's really cheap. Um, and you can grind your own meat very easily. You can also buy relatively cheaply. Uh, you know. Uh, uh, just a meat grinding tool. Um, I don't own one of those. I, I stick with the KitchenAid one because it works nicely for me. It has two dials with it that you can use to get whatever coarse level of meat you want to get um, when you cu- when you grind your own burger. But uh, you need to grind your own meat. It just changes the texture of a meat of the meat in such a way as to to make it have more of a mouthfeel. See, when you buy the stuff at the grocery store, the stuff at the grocery store, I don't care who you get it from. The stuff at the grocery store, even if the butcher has ground it that day, the stuff at the grocery store, and don't get me wrong, the butcher stuff can be okay, but the stuff you get in the, you know, those pink large tubes or those pre-packaged burger mixes and stuff, that stuff loses texture and it's really just questionable quality meat Um, and it kind of turns into a sort of slime and just kind of gels together in a way that just is not becoming of a cheeseburger. Such cheeseburgers, I believe, you know, they're fine, people will like them, whatever. But this, you have, let me, let me just put this out there. You have not even begun to eat a cheeseburger unless you grind your own meat. So the first key is grinding your own meat. Now, you might ask, what kind of meat do I need to grind, Jimmy? Well, you know, I'm going to leave that a little bit up to you. I'm going to leave that up to you to experiment. Everybody's got their own unique taste and, and stuff like that, so I respect that. And everybody's got different price points for their meats. But when it comes to making a burger at home, I grind my own meat. And I do that with a combination of two different types of beefy, fatty meat. First, I use some chuck. I just take a chuck roast, I cube it down, I break it down, and then I run it through my meat grinder. And then I get some boneless short rib. You can ask your butcher to remove uh, the short rib from the bone if you want, it can be a little difficult sometimes if you've never done it before, Um, but uh, ask your butcher for some boneless short rib. So what you do is you get a burger that is 3 parts chuck roast and 1 part short rib, or to break that down. Three quarters of a pound of chuck roast and one quarter pound of short rib. That'll give you one pound of meat. So just preserve that 75% ground chuck and 25% um, short rib ratio. Now that will give you roughly about a 70-30 ratio of um, lean fat. You, you want that fat in your burger. That fat is flavor. If you if, if if you somehow come out with a burger that is like ninety ten, you know you see some of that garbage meat that you should only feed to your dogs uh, in the food section. That's like ninety three seven, lean to to fat ratio. Like, man, I hope you're fi- fixing that for for your dog that's getting ready to die or something because you should not be serving that. Uh, to humans unless maybe you're putting it in a stew or something. Even then, that's highly questionable. I don't even know why you would want ground beef with such a low fat ratio. You might sit there and think, well, I'm thinking about cholesterol. I'm thinking about my weight. I'm thinking about all that. that that's fine if you want to eat something that's not a burger. But we're talking about burgers. So I'm assuming if you're eating a burger, you're not caring about your cholesterol or your weight or, or any of that stuff. If, if you're thinking about health when you're eating a burger, you're eating a burger all wrong. Um, My only suggestion, if you want to eat a healthy burger, stick to turkey burgers. Um, Turkey burgers, which actually can be very, very, very good. I I, I recommend them. I enjoy them occasionally. Um, But uh, if you're eating the classic American cheeseburger, you got to have a fat ratio between 70 and 30, or at the most lean that you would have would be 80-20. So, if you use uh, my recommendation of a burger that is um, three parts ground chuck, one part short rib, um, with a 75 to 25, uh, for each type of meat, you will get a burger that's roughly 70, 30. And that 70, 30 is crucial, not only to delivering the most possible flavor that you could have when you grind your meat and make your burger, um, but will also help you maintain the optimal level of juiciness. Um, so anything outside that range, that 70, 30, 80, 20, send it to your dogs, folks. Um, but you know, like I said, feel free to experiment with your own favorite cuts of meat, but you should always use at least ground chuck as the base of your meat, whatever you use. If you want to, you know, break down brisket or maybe a small bit of sirloin, I don't really recommend the sirloin because it's so dry and tough. Um, but, uh, you know, if you want to use just a little bit of sirloin, I, Jesus will forgive you. Um, <laughs> uh, but that's my recommendation uh, that's what I've experimented with and that's what I've enjoyed most so after you go ahead and grind your own burger meat you need to liberally season that ground meat um, do it while it's still in its little uh, loose particles don't, don't make your burger first and then season it um, only psychopaths do that you're not allowing uh, the flavor of the seasoning to get into the actual burger itself. Um, so gently mix in some at least salt and fresh ground cracked pepper. And when I say pepper, I don't mean the stuff that, that powdery stuff that, that comes in a tin can uh, that you probably use most commonly in your house. I mean fresh cracked pepper. Um, and with the salt and the pepper, um, season it liberally, season it generously. Um, I also recommend using Chicago Steak Seasoning. You can see it in the show notes, jimmystable.com for episode 59. Uh, I'll, I'll make a link to it. Um, but Chicago Steak Seasoning is my go to seasoning for seasoning a burger. Salt and pepper is perfectly fine. But if you really want to get that next level uh, flavor in your burger that has that just that, that little extra spice, that little extra pepperiness, Uh, that, that, That flavor explosion. Chicago steak seasoning is the way to go, folks. Next, let me throw this out there while we're making our burger. Never, ever, ever, ever stuff your cheeseburger with anything outside of the seasoning. You're not making meatloaf, folks. If you want to stuff a burger with cheese, I might be able to forgive you a little bit. But if you start putting like jalapenos or olives or, you know, bacon bits or whatever and your and in, in the inside of your meat mixture. <sighs> I understand the temptation. It sounds cool. It sounds like something you would see in one of those god awful tasty videos on YouTube. Um and it sounds sinfully delicious. And like I said, I can almost forgive you if you did it with the cheese. Um but uh, you know, like I said, you're not making meatloaf, folks, and the reason I'm against stuffing your burger is because stuffing your burger destroys the structural integrity of the burger, and it ultimately gives it the wrong sort of mouth feel. And I think you know the the one thing that you've been missing out because you've not been grinding your own burger meat and you've not been eating burgers from anywhere that grinds their own meat fresh is you're you're missing out on the mouth feel and the texture uh, that you get that comes from grinding. Your own meat. Um, but, you know, I understand you've probably been eating a dog food style burger um, in which the meat is pulverized into to nothing um, and has no discernible textural differences on the inside when you bite into it. Um, and so that's why you think it's okay uh, to stuff a burger with something. Um, so I, I understand the confusion out there. But let me just put this out there as a, you know, thus saith uh, Jimmy uh, sort of thing, which is, you know, pretty close to something Jesus would say. Um, when you're you, when you're making a burger, please, for the love of everything holy and sacred and wonderful and and everything American, do not stuff your burger with anything. Just 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 the seasoning, folks. Next, when you're forming your burger, don't overwork it. Don't slap it around like it's a basketball. Um, and 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 make this big tight ball or or anything like that. No 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 no. Um, you need to make sure you gently, lovingly caress and form your burger in your hands. If you want to, you can use those little hand presser tools uh, that they make in order to get a consistent size, um, and it allows you to really bang them out really quickly, especially if you're cooking for a big party. I understand, I've used them before. However, I think hand forming your meat is also essential. One, it keeps you from possibly overworking the burger. Two, it allows you to actually adjust the size of your burger patty and sometimes that's frankly necessary because when you're making your burger, you need to make your burger patty not just any size you want, but you need to keep in mind the bun that you are using with your burger, the size of your bun, because you don't want a burger where the, the meat is hanging out an inch past the burger bun. That's that's weird. Um, you, you want a burger that, that fits perfectly on your burger. So... You, you have to form the size of your burger in relation to your bun. Bun sizes differ package to package, manufacturer to manufacturer, and the, and the type of bun you get um, when, you, when you make your burger. So that's why it's very important to hand-form your burgers. Now, when you're hand-forming your burgers, one thing to keep in mind is the bun-to-burger ratio. Like I said, it's very important to keep your burger... Uh, you want your burger, when you're done cooking it, to be about the size of your bun. You don't want it to stick out an inch outside the bun, and you don't want it to be an inch within uh, sticking inside the bun, to where you ultimately just eat a mouthful of bun. Uh, you want the burger meat itself to be the star, and the only way to do that is if you have the perfect ratio of meat to bun when you make your burger. So have a proper burger to bun ratio. And the way you do that, the size you know to form your burger, is when you're forming your burgers, keep one of your hamburger buns on the side and form the burger in your hand so that it's ever so slightly bigger than the bun that the burger is going to be placed on. I would recommend maybe about uh, about maybe uh, 10 to 15 percent, maybe 20 percent. Larger than the bun itself when you're forming the burger uh, when you're patting it out um, because keep in mind when you cook your burger The burger is going to shrink and when it shrinks uh, It's going to change its size and become a little bit smaller And if you properly cook your burger um, If you by making it just a little bit bigger than the bun about 10 or 15 percent bigger than the bun It will shrink to be about the exact same size of the bun um when you are done cooking so that's very important mind your burger and bun ratio your b&b right there so (laughs) um and when you're making your burger the burger should weigh no more than about a third of a pound per patty now over the years i've played with different sizes i've made them really thin um and i've made them like steak level thick uh, and the steak level thick can be pretty good. That's like maybe what you would see in some taverns and stuff. But I find the perfect thickness is that in-between place. Um, you you don't want a flat burger because it's going to overcook and you're not going to get the texture of the burger in your mouth. Um, but if it's too thick, uh, you're going to be a little overwhelmed. Uh, and it's probably going to be, frankly, too heavy for your burger bun to support. Um, So you, like I said, you want that right ratio. So once you've determined the size, just make sure your burger uh, patty is no more than a third of a pound. Uh, It'll shrink up to about a quarter of a pound uh, by the time it's done, um, which should be more than enough. And if you want an extra, if you want a total of a half pound of burger meat, you know, want to live large and, and, you know, frankly, I recommend when you're making your burgers live large. If you want to have a second patty on there, go ahead and put a second patty on there. Uh, but just mind the size of your burgers. You don't want something that's ridiculous and ginormous. And you don't want to have to, you know, uh, have to cut your burger with a knife or unlatch your jaw uh, in order to eat it. So after you've made your patty. Now here comes uh, the, one of the most important steps that some people forget. Um, and some people just go from patting out their burger to cooking it right away. I don't recommend that. Instead, I recommend after you've handled all the meat and you've patted out your, your burger, let it rest in the fridge for at least 30 minutes. And the reason for this is because when you've started working the burger meat and when you start of patting it out and making your patty, uh, the, the, the meat itself gets a little warm um, and the integrity of the burger starts to be lost as it, kinda, it actually kind of starts to almost fall apart a little, especially when you have ground your own meat. Um, the meat's a little bit looser um, than you, your traditional, you know, slimy stuff that you get from the grocery store. Um, but uh, So I recommend letting your burger sit about 30 minutes in the fridge. Uh, by putting it back in the fridge, it'll allow it to, to rest, to congeal, uh, and uh, to become a solid substance that's uh, going to be able to survive the full cooking uh, process. So that's very, very important. But I wouldn't recommend having it in there much more than 30 minutes, because if you've seasoned the meat already, uh, if you go ahead and leave it in there for like an hour, two hours, three hours, um, the salt is going to really overly penetrate your meat. Um, it's going to have uh, a less than pleasant, um, it'll still be good, but it just won't be as pleasant of a taste at the end of the day. Um, and you, you and it could actually kind of dry out your burger when you're cooking it a little bit because the salt will uh, pull out the moisture. Um, so like I said, about 30 minutes, not much more than that. Um, But allow it to rest in the fridge uh, before you cook it. And then once you're done allowing it to rest in the fridge for about half an hour, you can take it directly out and cook your burger. Now, here's going to be my most controversial opinion when it comes to making burgers. Here we go. Are you ready for it? Now, I know you think burger and you think 4th of July, you think backyard, you think charcoal or gas grill and propane and all that fun stuff. And you think about cooking it on this big, great, you know, with fire and flames and smoke and sizzle and all that fun stuff. That's the way you cook your burger. You're cooking it wrong. You're cooking it wrong. Now, that's not to say you can't cook your burger on a grill. Sometimes you're going to have no other choice, especially if you're serving up a party and you have a mass quantity of burger that you need to to put out and so I understand or maybe you're entertaining for some uh, some a small party of friends and you're hanging outside and you want to be where the party's at. I get it. Jesus forgives you but 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 the most wonderful, best juiciest awesome way to make a burger is not on a grill folks. Let me say that again the best way to make a burger is not on a grill. You know what the best way to make a burger is? A cast iron skillet. Yes, a cast iron skillet. You should always cook your burgers on a cast iron skillet whenever you can. Cook only on a grill. You have my permission to cook only on a grill if you absolutely must. And the reason for this is simple. First. The cast iron skillet allows for even heat distribution throughout uh, the cooking process. Your cast iron uh, skillet when you're cooking on a stovetop has much more even levels of heat versus your grill, which has lots of hot and cold spots uh, and different temperatures and random flickers of flames that pop up whenever uh, some of the fat falls from the burger into the flames below. Um, and it's very easy to overcook a a burger on a grill and make it taste like a a hockey puck. Um, and, and you've all been there. You know what it's like, uh, you know what it's like to eat a hockey puck hamburger, uh, that's overly charred and dry and kind of crumbles and falls apart and, and just, you know, and unfortunately a lot of people think that's what a burger is supposed to taste like. Uh, And that's why maybe they prefer McDonald's or some junk like that, because they think that's what a burger should taste like. Um, But at the end of the day, if you want to make the perfect burger, you need to cook it on cast iron skillet. One, not only for the consistency of the temperature, um, but two, most important of all, when you're cooking on a cast iron skillet, um, the cast iron skillet keeps... All the juice, all the fat, all the moisture right there in the pan, folks. Um, Whereas when you're cooking on a grill, you're cooking your burgers on these grates that allow the fat from the burger, the moisture from the burger to drip out and perish forever, forever in the flames below. Um, And um, the smoke of the torment of them rising forever and ever (laughs) uh, is the thing that happens when you cook your uh, burger on a grill. But if you cook it in a skillet, the burger will continue to cook in its own juices and its own fat. And that flavor, that fat that you worked so hard to grind in your burger meat um, is going to be preserved and reabsorbed back into the burger. And then third, when you cook your burger on a cast iron skillet, you're able to develop a crusty level of caramelization on your burger and form a really good barky, crusty burger on the outside um, that's just full of flavor and has, has another layer of texture and another dimension of, of umami uh, when it comes to making your burger that you just simply can't get on a grill. I know the the grill marks may look pretty on a burger. I concede that. But guess what? Grill marks aren't flavor, and Guess what? You're going to be covering your burger in cheese later in anyway, and you're not going to see those grill marks. So who cares about the, the grill marks on your burger? Um, because you're going to cover it in cheese, ketchup, mustard, mayonnaise, tomato, and lettuce, and you're going to cover it in a bun or whatever you're going to put on top of your burger. And you're never going to see those grill marks anyway. So what's the point? Um, so if you cook your burger on a cast iron skillet, you're going to really have that opportunity to develop Um, Just an amazing level of flavor that you're not going to get from anywhere else. Uh, I would just recommend that if you cook it on a cast iron skillet, that you just lightly put a little peanut or avocado oil on the skillet. Uh, And those two oils, uh, because they have a high smoke point and won't burn and they'll allow for a proper sear and caramelization of the crust of the burger to form. Um, And it's going to just... This burger is going to be so next level, folks. And you're going to thank the sweet baby Jesus for me giving you these tips. Because I'm telling you, this burger will rock anything that you're doing on a grill. Now, let me put this out there. Let's let's imagine you are, though. Ha- it happens to me. It occasionally happens to me. To where you're having to entertain for a large party and you're making burgers for everybody. Uh, and so a cast iron skillet, usually you can't get more than about four, maybe five burgers in a skillet. I don't recommend more than four simply because you'll get overcrowded. Um, But you can't really do much more than four um, burgers uh, properly in a cast iron skillet at a time. So that can make it hard to cook for a large party where you have like 10, 15 burgers or something you need to to knock out. So this is my recommendation if you are cooking burgers for a party. It's okay to use the grill. Now if you can, I would recommend getting a flat grill top. For your, your outdoor grill. Um, so that you can mimic the cast iron skillet. Um, you know flat iron uh, grill. Is what they use at uh, like five guys. And stuff like that. Um, so that they can again get the proper sear on it. But if you must. If you must cook on just your standard. You know Weber kettle grill or whatever. Um, and you have your standard grates. I recommend um, that you start your burgers. By uh, cooking them on high heat. Um, and setting up your grill in a two-zone method where you have on the left side of the grill your high heat and then on the right side of the grill you have a very low heat going. Um, And the reason for this is because when you cook on a grill as the fat falls into the grill below it's gonna cause massive flare-ups which can cause you to to turn your burger not only into a hockey puck, Um, but you can also get to a situation where if the heat's too high on your burger um, you will burn the outside and then have a raw inside, uh, which is very undesirable uh, in a burger. So I recommend that you start your burger off on the high heat side of the grill. Uh, so set it up so that it's in two zones, high heat on the left, low heat on the right. You, you quickly sear the burger on each side, just about 30 seconds on each side of the burger um, when you're cooking it. And then you move it, after you've flipped it, you gently move it over to the cooler side of the grill and allow the burger to slowly cook uh, through for just a couple minutes on the low heat. Um, and that will keep your burger not only from experiencing you know, crazy levels of flare-up um, as a result of all the grease and everything falling into the, the grill grates below, um, but it'll allow your burger to more evenly cook um, and you won't risk turning it into a hockey puck, um, like my friend Grace. <laughs> Grace, if you're listening to these podcasts, those pictures you showed me of the burgers you served to your children were disgusting. I thought about calling social services, but I digress. Um, <laughs> uh, so, Grace, I hope you're listening. Uh, and no, I'm not really going to call social services on your kid. Please don't think I'm going to do that. But anyway, so when you're cooking, if you cook your burger on a grill, that's the way you should do it. Now, when you're cooking on a cast iron skillet, make sure that you don't have your heat too high on your cast iron skillet. Uh, if you're, I would recommend a medium to high heat, so don't crank your stovetop all the way up high uh, because otherwise you'll again suffer the same problem that you would on a grill for cooking too high. So when you're cooking on a cast iron skillet, get your cast iron skillet going for about five minutes, warm it up, uh, get it nice and hot. On about a medium to medium-high level of heat, um, use a little bit of uh, peanut or avocado oil uh, just lightly to get your cast iron skillet prepped. And once the a little bit of smoke starts uh, coming from the cast iron skillet, go ahead and throw your burger on there. And then, depending on the thickness of your burger, you'll need to watch it, um, but you'll need to flip your burger um, at some point. Now I recommend only flipping your burger once. You shouldn't be flipping your burger like three or four times, and you shouldn't be smashing down your burger with the spatula. That's that's a no-no. Don't please don't do that for for the love for the love for the love of the baby Jesus. Please don't do that. Uh, <laughs> uh, but when you're when you're making your burgers, um, start off on that medium high heat. Uh, get the get a nice sear. It's going to make a nice sound when you, you cook your burger. That's that's how you know the the, the crust is forming. And you'll want to watch it closely uh, because you don't want to overcook it. And the way you know when it's time to flip your burger is when the meat starts on the the side that you're cooking on first starts to uh, turn uh, dark. When it starts to go from red to a darker color, when that darkness starts to crawl up about halfway um, on the burger... Um, you'll see it. You'll you'll see it start the, the meat the cook side of the meat to start to come up just about halfway. Um, when it gets just to about halfway, then it's okay to go ahead and flip the burger. Uh, and when you do that, go ahead and let it sit there for a minute. But then I instantly turn the heat down to low on my cast iron skillet because at this point I don't want to risk possibly overcooking the burger. Um, I am going to cook my burger at least to a medium to medium well, maybe even well done. And that's okay. And and frankly, you don't have to worry about getting less like a medium rare. This isn't a steak. Um, But I mean, if you want to cook your burger medium rare, all power to you. But frankly, I don't think it's necessary, especially when you've ground your own meat um, and the ratios that I've recommended. Um, You can have a perfectly well done burger and it tastes just as good, if not better, than a medium rare burger. But anyway I digress. Um, so when, when you've flipped over your burger. It's okay to go ahead and turn the heat down. Um, and at this point you want to go ahead. And get your cheese um, out. When you get your cheese out. You, you're going to want to make sure. You have the right cheese selected. Oh my goodness. Cheese selection is crucial. For a burger. Please. 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 Do not use. Use that processed American cheese, that government cheese sort of stuff. I understand. I understand if you have to and that's all you can afford, fine. Um, if that's all you have on hand, it'll do. Like I said, I'll forgive you for that. Um, however, when, when selecting a burger cheese, I think you need to go uh, with, with one of about three or four different cheeses. Um, and you should really only work in this wheelhouse. You can do other things if you want. Like I said, we'll forgive you over here at Jimmy'sTable.com, um, but uh, never use American cheese. Instead, you need to focus on a cheese that, one, is, is kind of creamy when you melt it, um, but, two, also offers a nice, sharp contrast to the burger, and that's the reason I don't like like just American cheese, um, because really it doesn't have any flavor into it. It offers nothing. It's just creamy and it's good. And it melts nicely and it looks pretty. And and that's fine. I I understand. But I, I recommend one of these following cheeses when making a burger. Get yourself some extra sharp cheddar slices of cheese. Um, and, and the reason I recommend extra sharp. Because the contrast between the beef. And the extra sharpness of the cheddar, it sends you a message, folks. And that message is (laughs) Y-U-M-M-Y. That is yummy. Uh, Just the the congealing of those two flavors, the contrast, it's amazingly yummy. Um, And I recommend when you use cheese, now it depends on how thick the slices of your cheese are, but, you know, frankly, I don't think you can go wrong by making sure every burger gets at least two slices of cheese. Um, and I recommend, my personal recommendation, my go-to is the Extra Sharp Cheddar Cheese. Uh, I'll, I'll tell you, you will notice it. Um, and you'll notice it in a good way. Um, in a way that will make you want to slap your mama. Um, so I recommend the Extra Sharp Cheddar. Um, and, it's again, it's my go-to. But, you know, there are other cheeses that can be very, very good themselves. Um, and I recommend these cheeses as well. I recommend, <coughs> maybe this is the southern coming out of me, you know, broadcasting here from Charlotte, North Carolina. Um, but uh, I recommend pimento cheese. Uh, if you don't know what pimento cheese is, man, you're missing out. If you can find um, some Queen Charlotte pimento cheese, uh, which is kind of a, a regional... Uh, cheese company in the, the greater south down here uh, I, I, I highly recommend them my three sons is also a pretty good pimento cheese brand um, but if you can find a good pimento cheese if you don't know what pimento cheese is for those of you especially those of you who may listen to me here in, uh from from the great uh, white north up in Canada um, where I know I have at least three or four regular listeners uh, pimento cheese is a combination of cheddar cheese cream cheese uh, these little things called pimentos. And if you're lucky, you'll find some with uh, some jalapenos. Uh, and it's just kind of a, a slightly spicy cheese. Uh, it's creamy. It's delicious. It's cheddar-y. It's good. Uh, it's stringy uh, when it melts. It's It's got good pull to it. Um, and it is uh, very rich and satisfying. <laughs> uh, so I recommend pimento cheese highly as well. Um... Another cheese that's really, really good, especially if you're looking for something spicy uh, and also has a good melting point and stuff like that, is pepper jack cheese. Pepper jack cheese is great. Again, double up the cheese slices and you will thank me later. Uh, and now something that 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 I will say, it doesn't melt so well, uh, but it's really good. So you may want to use it in combination with some other sort of uh, white cheese, like a provolone or something like that, if you wanted to use... Uh, Provolone, just so it sticks better. Or if you wanted to mix this sort of cheese with a little bit of butter, um, and make kind of a a, a little compote butter sort of thing going on. I highly recommend blue cheese. Now I know, I know, blue cheese is not for everybody. Um, and blue cheese doesn't melt necessarily very well. Um, but the 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 contrast between the beef and the 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 funk of the blue cheese. Uh, And blue cheese has some funk, So I know it's kind of an acquired taste uh, for some folks. And some people are like, especially for uh, uh, my southern friends (laughs) uh, who really are repulsed at blue cheese. Um, But, uh, you know, I do highly recommend you some blue cheese uh, to go on your burger, especially if you're having it with bacon. Oh, my gosh. Uh, That is nothing short of paradise there. Like I said, it doesn't melt very well and it stays kind of crumbly. Um, so you may have a little difficulty uh, in getting that done. Um, but that's why I recommend maybe, you know, mixing it with a Monterey or a provolone or something like that. A very neutral sort of white cheese. Um, so that doesn't ruin the taste of your burger, but allows, you know, has something for the blue cheese to adhere to while it melts. <laughs> so, but also let me make this point when it comes to cheese. You need to put your cheese on after you flip your burger the first time and the only time you'll ever flip your burger so when you flip your burger go ahead and put your cheese on and that will allow the heat of the cast iron uh, skillet to go ahead and gently melt your cheese because I you know I frankly I'm very upset I'm very upset one when I see a burger commercial without cheese Uh, and then 2 um, because I'm like, what the point why would you advertise a burger without cheese? That's like anti-American. Those people must hate Donald Trump. Um, <laughs> uh, but uh, you know when when you and, and then after the no cheese burger commercial uh, thing, um, then the next thing I hate is cold cheese on a burger. Cold cheese on a burger just screams to me, you're lazy as you know, I'm gonna to have to stop from cussing here. Jesus saved my soul a number of years ago, and I, I, I just can't say the words that I would like to say. But you need to melt your, you need to melt your cheese, folks. Melt your cheese. It takes all of five to ten seconds to do when you're cooking your burger, um, especially if you're cooking it on a cast iron skillet. Um, I would also recommend. Uh, so that you can really melt your cheese and really get it nice and gooey and 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 just delicious, I would recommend that if you uh, put a lid on top of your cast iron skillet just for about you know twenty seconds or so, um, just so that the 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 steam rising from the fat and the burger and everything that's cooking gets trapped and bounces off the lid on top and gently melts uh, the cheese for your burger. Um, but please, for the love of everything. That has everything to do with burgers and America and uh, the Fourth of July and um, George Washington. Please, folks, um, melt your cheese. That's a public service announcement. Announcement there. Just melt your cheese. Never serve cold cheese. Next, always toast your burger bun. Only toast. The flat side of the burger bun. Nobody needs a crusty, dry, crouton-like burger. Um, So that's why you're only going to uh, toast the one side of your bun. And you should only do this uh, when you're ready to go ahead and serve the burgers. So when the burgers are done, go ahead and tell everybody, burgers are done, come and get them. And then throw your burgers on a griddle and go ahead and lightly toast them on the one side uh, if you want to use a little butter um, or a little mayonnaise to toast it on the one side uh, that's perfectly fine uh, just get your your griddle rip roaring hot so you can just toss your burger on there for for about 10-15 seconds and it'll form uh, just a nice little crustiness uh, and, and the reason that's important one is not only does the you know the burger being warm as a whole uh, become an important thing when making a burger I don't want to eat this delicious warm hamburger and have a cold bun that just came from the fridge um, or, you know, that's just been sitting out all day. I don't want some sort of tepid flavored bun. Um, I I want a bun that has purpose to it. I want a bun that has been lightly toasted. um, And that not only imparts additional flavor, um, but if you've noticed sometimes burgers get a little messy uh, and, and the burger starts to fall apart and the bun becomes a soggy mess and you can no longer hold it very well and it's just terrible, um, if you go ahead and lightly toast both sides, or I'm sorry, if you go ahead and lightly toast the flat sides of the bun, uh, that will also keep your burger from absorbing all the juices uh, one, not only the burger meat and the melted cheese, but any sort of like ketchup and mayonnaise or mustard or whatever you may ultimately put on your burger. Um, so go ahead and make sure that you have that taken care of, lightly toasted. Now when it comes to selecting a burger bun, bun choice is important. Don't just get the generic bulk burger bun package that's on sale uh, where you can buy 20 buns for $2, um, at, uh, Walmart, please do not get those. Don't get them unless you're just serving them to kids. Uh, cause you know, frankly, when you're serving the kids, who cares, right? Uh, <laughs> but you, you want to get a bun that has flavor. Um, and in my mind, there are three buns that you should only be using for a burger there may be others out there, and I'm always happy to experiment when it comes to my burger bun selection, folks. However, I've discovered over the years there are three types of buns that reign supreme in, in my kingdom when it comes uh, to burgers. I'm more than happy to use any of them interchangeably. Um, but uh, So let, let your personal preference be made here. But these are the only three types of buns you should be using. First, brioche. Brioche is a nice, buttery, light, just perfect type of bun uh, that you would want to have for a burger. It has a lot of flavor. Um, It's silky smooth. (laughs) Um, And it toasts really, really nicely. Second, potato buns. Now, you may be not familiar with potato buns, especially depending on what region of the the country or world you live in. But potato buns have just this nice flavor about them, too. Uh, and I highly recommend them. They toast well. They tend to be on the slightly smaller side, from my experience, so you might have uh, to make a burger that's a little bit thicker than it is wide when it comes to potato buns. Uh, But potato buns are extremely good, extremely delicious, Uh, very versatile, flavorful bun that toasts well. Next, very important bun, the Kaiser Roll. Now, Kaiser Rolls tend to be a little bit on the large side in my experience. Um, so you might have a thinner burger with a Kaiser Roll if you're going to go for about a third pound burger. Um, you're probably not going to be able to make it as thick because they tend to be a little bit bigger. Um, but there's just like this kind of onionly, garlicky, you know, just... I don't even know what a Kaiser Roll is made of. <laughs> uh, but it, it's, it's just delicious. Uh, again, it toasts well. Um, and I recommend... When you're, when you're doing your buns, not only sticking to those three, but I would warn against staying away from sesame seed buns. Over the years, I've found sesame seed buns, and I've tried different ones. Um, they just don't really have much in the way of flavor. They're just kind of bland. They might as well just be those just garden variety, uh, Walmart, mass quantity um, burger bun things. Like th- That may sell well. Sesame seed bun may sell well uh, at McDonald's, and McDonald's somehow made it famous with the Big Mac. I don't really understand why I don't I don't feel like it adds any extra dimension maybe it adds a hint of texture to the outside of the bun um from the sesame seeds because you feel the little bumps or whatever but you know honestly I've never had a great sesame seed bun uh anything that impressed me they all seem kind of cheap and flimsy and nasty and just just not really very good so um but I would warn you whatever you get don't get something that's too big Um, and and again, this is about keeping your bun to burger ratio in check. Uh, At the end of the day, you want a burger. You don't want a mouthful of bun. So don't get some really thick buns. Um, you know, thick buns may make for some great pop song out there, (laughs) but, uh, you don't want that when it comes to your burgers, folks, because at the end of the day, you want, uh, the burger patty itself to be the star. Now, I'm going to close out the show today talking about burger toppings. And I'm going to have this recommendation out there. Don't go crazy on your burger toppings. Keep it very simple. The burger is the star. The beef, the cheese, that's really, that's that's where it's at. Now, I would highly recommend, though, with, with it, that you always include bacon. Bacon's just my go-to condiment topping for a burger. I love Uh, The contrast and flavor. I love the crunchy texture. I love the extra little bit of saltiness that comes with it. Um, So, you know, bacon is great. Uh, Don't make it too crunchy. You want something that has a little bit of uh, fatty chew to it. Um, And I would recommend, if you can, you know, cracking some uh, pepper on your bacon um, to make it a little bit extra flavorful. Uh, Or if you really, if you have a little time, uh, marinate your bacon in some jalapeno uh, pickle juice that, you, you know, those, those pickled jalapenos you get in a jar at the grocery store, uh, go ahead and throw the, the, the jalapenos out and just save the juice. Marinate your bacon overnight in some of that jalapeno juice uh, and you'll have a little extra spice in. Well, you can thank me later. When it comes to onion on a burger, I recommend onion, but never ever serve your onion raw on a burger. As the flavor of most onions is borderline overwhelming, especially when it comes to red onion. Oh my goodness. Red onion is especially overwhelming. So when it comes to onions on a burger, uh, avoid the raw. If you are going to use raw, I recommend a sweet, sweet Vidalia onion. Um, just simply because it's not overpowering it's more subtle. Um, but, uh, Never, ever use raw onion on a burger. It just it, You will taste red onion um, before you taste any sort of beef, and the beef flavor will be lost to you. Your, your mouth is not going to be able to taste the beef over the onion at the end of the day. So if you're going to use onion, though, um, I don't recommend using it raw. I recommend sautéing your onion um, on your burger. So just throw it in a pan real quick, a little butter, a little salt, a little crack of pepper. Uh, Sauté it for about 5 or 10 minutes Um, or if you're going to use onion, I highly recommend, uh, making some fried onion straws. Very simple. Uh, you can look it up online. Uh, but you know, you're just essentially just throwing some, uh, onion and some flour and then tossing it in a pan and frying it. Very simple. Um, and it keeps it one from being overwhelming and adds nice texture, uh, and adds a great flavor. But you know, really... Simple, lightly sauteed onions uh, is really where it's at at the end of the day. Now when it comes to the rest, uh, I highly recommend barbecue sauce over ketchup. Ketchup can be good, but uh barbecue sauce, especially if you get one with the right level of tang on it, is pretty next level when it comes to a burger um and of course, always always as my dad said, extra mustard. <laughs> Now, I don't necessarily recommend the extra pickle like my dad used to do. Extra pickle can be good. I mean, each their own. But uh, I, I find, you know, the, the older I get and the more I eat burgers, and I eat them pretty frequently uh, whenever I can. I just don't find the, the, the pickle adds that much of flavor to the, the burger or, um, you know, I, I don't know. I just don't, I don't feel like it does anything for me. Um, I can take or leave the pickle but although if I do a pickle I like I, I don't know where you can get them um, but there's uh, something called the angry Cukes uh, pickle uh, it's kind of a peppery spicy pickle uh, nice pickle chip uh, to go on your burger uh, I recommend that that can be pretty good but again I, I can take or leave the pickle um, you know if you can put lettuce on but uh, lettuce isn't necessary lettuce adds a nice crunch to it if you lack bacon um, but I don't I don't really find that most lettuce adds anything to a burger uh, if anything you just put lettuce on a burger either for visual contrast uh, because it is nice to see something green on your plate when you're eating a burger I guess you can say you got some of your uh, greens in for the day some of your veggies right um, but uh, if you I don't really not a big fan of lettuce uh, especially like once it starts getting mashed with um, you know, mayonnaise or ketchup and mustard or barbecue sauce, lettuce almost becomes like a slippery thing that causes everything to slide all over the place. Um, Same goes with tomato. I like tomato on a burger. Um, I recommend if you put tomato on a burger that you maybe kind of pat your tomato dry a little bit because sometimes um, they can get a little watery, a little runny, uh, and just make everything a terrible, terrible mess. And along with the lettuce can cause things to slip and slide all over the place. Um, but, uh, I can do without tomato. I like tomato. I I usually put tomato on my burger. Um, but, uh, you know, depends what kind of burger I'm having. If I'm just having a good old fashioned bacon cheeseburger, um, you know, I, I pretty much just keep it bacon cheeseburger with, you know, a sauce and keep it at that. Now mayonnaise, again, mayonnaise, if you want, I do recommend mayonnaise. Um, it adds a nice little tang to your burger. Um, but if you really want to go next level when it comes to your burger, Uh, as a condiment, Um, and this is why I'm not necessarily sold on ketchup, Um, but uh, mix a little bit of sriracha sauce, that uh, Asian hot sauce, sriracha sauce, into your mayonnaise, Um, and you will just have a burger with lots of tang and zip and a little bit of heat in there. Um, And again, y'all thank me later. (laughs) So everybody, this has been Jimmy Humphrey, episode 59 I hope you've enjoyed my controversial opinions about burgers. But I hope, above all, you've been able to develop your own philosophy about a burger. And I hope that a philosophy agrees with me. And I hope that you can say with me, say it loud and say it proud, no burgers without cheese, please. This has been Jimmy Humphrey, Jimmy's Table.com, episode 59. Email me, Jimmy at Jimmy's Table.com. Uh, Send me some pictures of the burgers that you make after you watch this or listen to this podcast. Again, check out the show notes. I'll have a link to some sliders that I made on YouTube that my wife and I on Jimmy and Megan's kitchen, uh, some uh, cheeseburger sliders that we made. Um, And you know, everybody enjoy your burgers, learn to make them right, have a philosophy about your burgers. It's important. Uh, And if you can master cooking burgers and cooking burgers the right way. Well, bless God, you can just probably learn to about do anything uh, and to do something right for a change. Don't do things wrong. Do them right. Make burgers like I make burgers. W- Air smudge.